Hey friends, welcome to Think Out Loud with me, a chat cast produced, hosted, and humbly offered by yours truly, Natalie Peterson, from my little neck of the woods in Northern Colorado to you, in yours, wherever and whenever that might be. This digital adventure is an effort to turn years of internal chatter, wondering, silent suffering, and physical and mental close calls into enlightening and empowering conversations with others. Given how many choices you have about how to spend your time, I consider it an honor that you're listening in. I've been trying to control life for as long as I can remember. I'm the daughter of alcoholic people pleasers who also happen to be the children of the same. So manipulation of energy, making sure I'm either in charge of the vibe or so in tune with the vibe that I can dance and pirouette and play like I know you want me to has been conditioned into me for generations. I don't state that with anger or blame or to be an asshole. It's taken me many years and much work to get to a place where I can honor my upbringing, the good and the messy of my origins and emotional inheritances, and live with an awareness of who I am and who I aim to be. It's been in this work that I have uncovered codependencies and conditioning that are at the root of my incongruence and constant dismay about how I might show up in the world the cycles I continue to insist on living, and what some days feels like the never-ending search I am on to find myself. Ask folks who have known me through the years. There are past iterations of me that have been heard stating very matter-of-factly, plan the work, work the plan. We can't manage what we can't measure. Stuck it up, fake it till you make it. We'll sleep when you're dead. Coach them in or coach them out. This isn't a time for emotions. Get yourself under control. Get control. Take control. Never cede control. The status quo of being in charge, in control, with a plan, moving forward, suppressing emotions, conquering life, and, well, to do otherwise is soft, it's waffling, it's weak, and here you go, it's pussy. This has been passed down and down and down. You can go back and back and back into my genealogy and your genealogy and through the stories and the lessons and the classes and history books of our society and find this black and white coating the walls of our collective thinking, which is something I've obviously been thinking about lately. There's insane levels of cultural stereotypes ingrained in our understanding of the masculine feminine concept. Many will tell you this topic is purely gender-based, that there are just two genders and you're either one or you're the other. Females are feminine, males are masculine, period. Further, femininity is inferior, and masculinity, that's preferred. And yikes, depending on what headlines and sound bites you might swallow, masculinity is under attack. I personally subscribe to and am developing a much different understanding of the concept of masculine, feminine, and believe every human possesses both energies and more. I've invited my guest, Jeremy Pager to think out loud with me today about this deep and often polarizing topic. I met Jeremy and his wife in his role as co-founder of Freedom Full Consult as they led a group of us through the Toltec Medicine Wheel of Transformation. I joined them and several others on a journey of self-discovery to the pyramids of Teotihuacan, Mexico. And his teachings and touch and genuine energy so greatly impacted me that I have journeyed two more times to Teo and spent countless hours with him in ceremony and discussion online and in person. Jeremy loves to share his wisdom, creativity, and playfulness as an ordained minister of the healing arts, transformation and master breathwork facilitator, Holtec teacher and personal freedom coach. 
He brings his love and knowledge of firewalking, sweat lodges, Native American ceremony, Toltec wisdom, 12-step traditions, and shamanic practices to people all over the world. Jeremy is most passionate about teaching people how to find their own wisdom and embrace their own humanity. He's practical and purposeful, yet gentle, kind, and authentic. He is a leader and a teacher and a healer, yet he is forever a student, vulnerable and curious and always evolving. Jeremy is both masculine and feminine. He is both stable and free-flowing. He is determined and protective and agile and nurturing. I want to dive right into this cast and ask Jeremy, after he says hello, of course, to give us a little commentary on his understanding of the masculine-feminine energies. Hey, Jeremy, I'm grateful as hell to be thinking out loud with you today. Hi, Natalie. So grateful. Thank you so much for inviting me to um, think out loud with you, for real, you know, and, and there's so much in what you just said, kind of coming into this that we could talk about. I'm like, ooh, 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 <laughs> you know, um, but as for the feminine masculine, I mean, again, I think a lot of it still has to do with what you started off saying about the, what I would call the domestication of growing up in our family of origin. And, you know, as much as I believe that those younger stuck parts of ourselves need to get angry, feel the feelings, scream, beat the pillows, whatever at our parents, I also agree that this isn't about blame or, you know, it's, it's so generation, you know, after generation, after generation, even when it comes down to this masculine and feminine, you know, and I like to say the problem with my parents is they had parents and so on and so forth, you know, and so, you know, it's hard. I wouldn't say that I'm an expert at any, by any means in the, you know, masculine, sacred, masculine, sacred, feminine work. Although how can you be in do the work that we do and not be present with both of those energies, you know? Um, and so to back to your question about my understanding of the sacred masculine and sacred feminine, um, I guess my biggest understanding is the, the distortion. Let me start here. You know, often when we're on a trip or a journey, um, especially when we're doing the Toltec medicine wheel transformation, we really look at how the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine have wounded each other. And I'll often ask the men in the group, I'll say, men, who taught you how to be a man? And of course, you know, someone will say, oh, well, maybe it was John Wayne or, you know, TV, depending on how old they are, right? You know, um, some will be like, well, my dad, kind of, you know, um, you know, and most of them get to this, like, understanding of like, well, nobody really taught me how to be a man, you know, and what I will say to them, you know, and this is a big aha moment, as I said, for most men, mom taught you how to be a man. Your mother taught you how to be a man. And what your mother taught you was how to not be like your father because she was wounded by the masculine, right? And so a lot of what, like, especially in my case, I had a young stepmother and a much older sister, right? And so as I was um, kind of forming those years, you know, young years, my stepmother 
would say, oh, you need to be this way or that way. I mean, my stepmother would be like, don't get scars because then you can't be a Chippendale. Mm -hmm. Like literally, you know, and, and my sister was like in high school and men were pigs, you know, and they were all doing that whole thing. And so I had tons of shame, you know, from that, that experience of just like, you know, I was terrified to kiss a girl. I was terrified to approach. Right. And then of course you get into the locker rooms and then there's this like hormones are raging. Right. You know, and, and so here's this mom teaching me how to be, you know, the, fe the feminine, the wounded feminine teaching me how to be the sacred masculine, but really from, from a, don't be this way. Don't be what is mirrored for you in your life by the rest of the men, right? Which creates confusion, which creates shame around anything that's contradictory in those feelings. And so, and then the result of that really turns into wounding of the masculine. So then what happens? Then the masculine repeats the pattern. The masculine wounds the feminine, the feminine wounds the masculine. And it's a continual cycle. And then I'll ask the men in that, you know, it's like, hey, look, women, you know, to the women, I know masculine and feminine is much bigger than gender. You spoke into that, right? Especially in this day and age that we're coming into, there really is a equality, you know, moving more towards an, a balance and equality between the two. I know I'm kind of jumping all over, but, you know, I'll, I'll really genuinely ask from the men, like, to the women, like, will you forgive us? Can you forgive us? Because we are just as wounded, you know, not as a justification, but just as a reality of like, we're just as effed up and we don't know. And so how do we learn? We learn it through porn. We learn it through the locker room. We learn it through, you know, the c competitiveness of a bunch of young male, you know, and, and a bigger thing that happens, and um, David Dita, who's an amazing, you want to learn about masculine and feminine, David Dita, I hope it's okay to Absolutely. He, um, awesome stuff. And, you know, he talks about one of his books that what is going on for us when our hormones hit tends to imprint on mm -hmm. us. And so, and again, this is not like, black or white, 100%. I know there's a whole lot of gray in the middle for all of us. But what happened when, for women, when their hormones hit, it's much younger. And so my experience is a lot of ladies want the knight in shining armor, the rescuer, the hero, right? Because they're, when their hormones hit, you're just coming out of that place of like fairy tales. And, you know, well, for men, it's older. Right. It's 13, 14 years old. And it's we're in the locker rooms. Right. We're in the you know, my first experience and I have a ton of shame about this was when I played hockey and in my first freshman year in hockey, I hadn't reached puberty yet. And it was horrifying for me to have to take showers with all the men. Right. Mm -hmm. And to not have reached puberty, like how much shame, something simple like that. It's just like was not in my control at all. Right. But when those hormones hit, what are, what are men focused on? Well, we're more focused on women at that point, young, beautiful, you know, petite, whatever it is, you know, um, porn, especially today, forget about it. 
You know, there's so much porn out there. I mean, when I was a kid, it was like maybe so-and-so had a magazine or a, a video down the street, right? But again, that's what we're focused on. So, you know, fast forward 10, 20, 30 years, that is what we tend to be drawn towards. That's what's imprinted, right? You know, and for women too, right? And, and, and you know, it's like wanting that rescuer, that hero, that, and so... I think there has been an over, I don't know if this is the word, gentrified, like we've over empowered what we call the masculine and what we call the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's been so much focus, like the pinks are the more pinks and the guns are the more, like, instead of like realizing that um, there's another thing, the mask we wear, it was came out about men. And this is really, it's, it's on Netflix. It's called the mask. Oh, I yeah, I think I've seen yeah. It is so good, especially in what I'm talking about with how it's the distortion of the masculine. It was actually a spinoff from uh, another documentary about eating disorders and women, right? And then this came, um, and if the shame that if you aren't this definition of masculine mm-hmm. that is portrayed to these more sensitive you know hearts felt you know like the incredible amount of shame men feel if they're anything but this definition right and same thing for women right same thing for women i don't you know i can talk from the, the man side of this you know and i certainly like i said i'm not an expert by any means but you know um and so it talks about in this thing about they did a study on like the characteristics, the actual, like how we feel, how we think, how we move, you know, all these different things. And the study, and please don't quote me on this, but it was like, and they laid both of those over each other. And the amount that were actually different, men and women are different, is like 20 or something percent on each side. Except there's like 80% in the middle that were exactly the same, but we so have empowered those two. And, and well, isn't that, our, isn't that our culture anyway? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, um, the extremes of that. And so, yeah. you know, that's kind of, you know, I mean, a whole lot actually, but, you know, it's, it's my, what I've noticed, you know, what I've, the understanding and, and, and if you want to flip around to this attack on the masculine, um, you know, in some ways there's been an attack on the masculine or, you know, the patriarchy or, you know, for a long time, especially in the healing arts world. Um, I think it started and I think it was absolutely important, like. Because such the repression of the feminine or the repression of women, they've had to. It's like kind of like the pendulum swing. Like when you learn boundaries for the first time and you're like, no, you know, it's <laughs> way bigger than the boundary needs to be, you know, and, and it's to me, that's part of the process of healing and transforming. Um, I think it's really had to happen. The other big thing that's happened, it happened, and this is, I don't have the solution, but I think where the bigger problem is truly is for women to make it in a man's world, right? And we have been a man's world in, in a lot of ways, a patriarchal 
run world, what I've seen is they have to become very masculine. And so the masculine gets overempowered and the feminine gets shut down in a big way. I can't say how many women don't, I don't even know how to be feminine. I don't know how to be receptive. I don't know how to receive. And, and what has happened with that is then they go home and they carry that masculinity into the home with their husband or their partner or their wife. And they demasculate, how do you say demasculate? I don't know how to say that word, but you get what I'm saying. Like yep. demasculinize um, their men. And then they're like, well, well, I don't understand why I'm not attracted to my man. He's not a man. Right. And yeah. what do you know, whether you're gay, you're bisexual, any of that, right? There needs to be polarity for attraction to happen. You know, early on in my marriage, you know, me and Steph, you know, rubbed up against that because she was very masculine to be, do what she did in the world. And it wasn't attractive to me. And so we had to learn how to, one, I had to learn to get past my own shame, right? Which was, I came in where we started this conversation, right? I said, you know, my mm -hmm. sister, you know, I had to be able to step into my masculine more confidently, you know, um, not aggressively, not forceful, you know, but, and for her to soften, you know, and then magic happened. Mm -hmm. Then magic, you know, and is it still, you know, is her, uh, you know, masculine feminist, it, can she bring that penetrating energy? I don't know how else to say it, you know. Yeah. And is that a great tool? But we get stuck with those. We get stuck in those masks. We get stuck yeah. in, you know, um, you know, and can I be soft? You know, can I be receptive? You know? Yeah. The last thing I'll say, I'll let you talk some. I mean, I guess I talked a lot, but, <laughs> you, know, you know, we associate nurturing with the feminine, you know, protecting protection with the man. You know, that kind of thing. And I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with some of the traditional stereotypes. I mean, I do believe the feminine is the vessel. It's the open, you know, receptive. The masculine is the more penetrating. Um, um, but the most beautiful nurturing experience I've ever had was being held by another man. And so you tell me, does the masculine not have nurturing capabilities, right? Does it, does, you know, and so, yeah. Hmm. There's a lot wow. to come. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me nibble on, on, on a few little bites of that. I go back to what you were talking about. Well, I've, I've got a few things that I want to, I want to touch on. I go back to the concept of domestication and family of origin. And I think about in, in my setting and the, and the folks that, you know, my mother and father and their, their families of origin, there was no, the female was considered, and there was religion involved um, that would tell you that, you know, the man is the head of the household, you know, this, that, and the other. And, um, and we had some pretty weird, I'll call it weird, just as, um, for lack of a better word, ways that that, you know, there was the calendar and a lot of this you've heard in our own, uh, 
in our own time together over the, the last couple of years, the the calendar on the wall with the red X's that meant that mom was having her cycle of the month and to stay away, right? Because she just needed this, that, or the other. And so I grew up with this very, um, this very, um, it was loud that it, and it got worse with alcohol magnified everything, um, to the point of my, you know, that, 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 my dad was the head of the house. And if we crossed it, there was, there were circuit, there were consequences, right? There was no talking about emotions. There was no wiggle room about why we came to that. It just was that he decided and that was that kind of thing. So then I go out into the world. I have a big kerfuffle in the middle of all that with suicide and all this other crazy stuff that happens. Right. But then I go out into the world and I've, I've been smart. I've been my own person and I catapult myself out there and I develop a relationship with my grandfather who also has a household where his wife does the, you know, tends to the house and she doesn't have any other role except to make sure that wherever we pack up and go, that the house gets set up in order, you know, within a few days and this, that, or the other. But I develop a relationship with him where it's time to conquer the world. It's the words I was using earlier. It's I, you know, I landed early in a, in a high flute and corporate job that had me in charge of people and planning the work and working the plan. And I would have these conversations with the masculine who I adored. He became my mentor, right? I had lost my dad, but I be, developed with this masculine who told me that I was doing right by this. And so I learned how to, from my upbringing on through that little bit of coaching to completely suppress everything. And I wore it as a badge of honor to have total control of my emotions. You should write a book. You should do a stand-up comedy routine. You should do, you know, if you, if you need help, call Natalie. She's really good at just plan, you know, and if you don't have a plan, don't call Natalie. She won't work with you. Right. And this was me. I was like, yeah, you identified with it. Yeah. I identified with it. Now I'm almost 50 years old and I'm like, what the hell? Right. And, and it wasn't actually, I mean, I flirted with the understanding of, I flirted with the edges of this and it wasn't until Teo, um, I guess the second, or maybe it was this last trip. No, it was the second trip. Um, I went with um, a couple of others and we went and visited a healer, um, Hel- Helga or Helda. Helga, yeah, Helga. So she took me to the, to the other side of her garden and began her ceremony. And without going into the details around that, where she spent her most time was with a literal pair of scissors and on my backside with me standing there snipping at me, just snip, 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 and just cutting, 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 cutting. And, and, and in her, and, and in Spanish, just talking and mumbling and finally comes around to me and, and is trying to convey to me that I am like moss and she can't get, she, she doesn't have the English word for it. And she is trying to explain to me, finally, she gets her phone and she types it in. And she turns and she shows me and it says, mas, too much. And it says masculine. 
And, and it's on Google in front of me, right? She's Googled me and there I am. She's like too much, like cut, cut, cut scissors and everything. Like you've, where is your feminine? Where is your lightness? And man, that was like, oh, a strength overuse is a, becomes a weakness, right? Man, I have been tough as hell this entire time. And I have, it served me in, in multiple ways. Um, I'm now at a place where I, 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 it's not serving me any longer. It's, it's, I was visiting this morning with, um, we have mutual friend with Jen Fauci and we were talking about resistance and acceptance. My, my, masculine my masculine tendencies have led me to put up very distinct barriers around who I am and who I let in um and the resistance the commitment I have to resistance and resisting anything that tries to penetrate that has and it's just come into a more of a realization having lost my mom my wounded feminine right to understand how hard I was working on that resistance. And now in the absence of resisting a fem- what was a, a wounded feminine in my world, there's a, there's an, a vacuum there. I'm trying to, it's, it's come, it's bubbled up. And I'm, I'm now in this, this, this place of discovery and con- I, it's confusion around it. It's like, Whoa, what is this? You know? Yeah. So, you know, there is, I I agree with you um, on the vessel and, you know, these, these concepts of masculine and feminine. I read somewhere that, you know, the, the strong, formidable mountain is the masculine and it's supported and covered and, and intertwined with the lush growth of the feminine. Um, and that I'm smiling because I'm like, I'm thinking, yeah, but getting, get in the way of a mama and their baby, you want to see a mountain, right? You want to see a nature, right? You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. I'm sorry. Well, no, I just that (laughs) we each have, we each have a core energy, right? And we tend to be, like you said, we are attracted to equal or opposite polarities to our own. Um, and that, that masculine femininity in each of us is, and then those are just two, like, let's call it, it's a sliding scale that if we are aware and deliberate, and I emphasize the word aware, because that's such a massive chunk of it, the dials of femininity and masculinity can be turned up or down depending on the situation, not to manipulate, but to add value to yeah i mean i agree like i I mean backing up a second like you can hear just in you sharing how we come by this so honestly right you know we come by the wounding like no fault of our own right you know and i and i want to say you know because it's like always a risk you know to say like this over empowered feminine with the masculine and the workplace and but you said it really beautiful on how that happens, 
you know, and it makes, it's like, of course, of course. And what do we do when we're wounded or we're hurt? We protect. I mean, there's so many areas in which um, we shut down, we, we put away shadow pieces that are all a result of the shame or the wounding, you know? And equally, the feminine, I think, was, you know, who taught you how to be a woman? Was it dad? You know, was it dad telling you not, you know, again, his his resentment at mom, don't be like mom. I mean, there's so much confusion and it works, right? What you did worked, right? Guess what? Addiction works until it doesn't. You'd mention like, you don't want to be there anymore. It's not working any longer. All of these things, we wouldn't have adapted adapted them if they weren't effective. And so can we, on some bigger level, that's where I get like the feminine moves the masculine, like the bigger picture is, can we all just like, and just say, yeah, we're all messed up and we're trying to figure this out. And again, I don't think in, even in a gay relationship, it has to be all one person being masculine or one person being feminine. I think that can play back and forth, but I do think that it has to exist to some degree for that attraction mm-hmm. so to come mm-hmm. back to and so can don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. is that like your drive your way to get things done your beautiful on point you know who you are you're doing this this thing is like is some of the masculine driving that 100 percent. but then can you go okay now i want to soften i want to receive i want to you know and of course that's terrifying mm-hmm is terrifying you know yeah there's you say the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine what does sacred mean what how is that used there So to me, sacred is to make holy, right? To to honor, to respect, to cherish, to um, have reverence for, right? That's to make sacred. You know, we have a sacred rebel. You did it. We did a book together on that one, right? You know, like um, you know, often people say, you know, we have this thing said, you know. Uh, taking our heart out and putting it on the altar. And we had some people come back to us. What does that mean? What does that mean when you say that? Well, to me, it's like putting it out on the sacred, making it sacred, making it holy, also being vulnerable, allowing it to be seen without its walls, right? Like I'm offering it up on the altar. You know, so it's the same thing. It's like the masculine and the feminine are sacred. Regardless if I even believe that, that's just the truth. Um, and my truth. Let me say that. That's my truth. Yeah. No, yeah. Me, and again, I important from saying I'm not an expert at this, and and I can only see through well what I've done. I've worked with lots of women, <laughs> you know, so I have that experience. So I'll own that, but. You know, I also see it from the man's side of things, you know, and, and it's a huge patriarchal society. Um, and I think it's changing. I think it's changing. 
we're seeing it. A lot of the indigenous, um, you know, cultures said we were moving into this new age, the new age, and you know, we're moving into the Aquarian age. That's probably more well known. But you know, the Toltecs, the Aztecs, we were moving into the sixth sun, and the last age. And I don't know exactly what it was, but it's like the age of war, the age of turmoil is mm-hmm. what we're in it. And the new age that we're moving to is the age of flowers. That's what it's called, you know, like, and, and so what we've seen is a whole lot of progression of equality, of, you know, and I know, again, I'm a white, you know, (laughs) so I'm careful to even, you know, say this, but I feel like we've really moved quite fast. And even in with gender and sexuality and sexual preference and all that. And then the last, like, five, six years, it's almost like that patriarchy is rearing its ugly head. Like, and we're, it feels like we're going backwards, right? Lately, you know, to some degree, like they're outlawing, you know, stuff. And, you know, again, I, this is risky, but like they outlawed um, drag queens in Nashville. Like, what? You know, like, you know, yeah, I, can't, I don't want to get into too many political things, you know, but feels like we're going backwards but to me i feel like that is the result of the transformation happening it's kind of like uh if you remember space odyssey i use this reference all the time but the more they tried to shut down the computer the the ai the angrier and more violent it got you know and i feel like i would think you know that you know in the next 10 15 years we're going to see like we're going to move past that into a more harmonious and they you know so it's like we were a matriarchal society for two thousand years now we've been a patriarchal society right we're not moving back to matriarchal society we're moving back to a a, a joint society mm-hmm. right and of course there's no mirrors in our life to teach us necessarily how to do that no so and two thousand years out. yeah two thousand years that's like we're we're here for we're lucky if it's what 80 90 you know like a blip and so this like you're saying two thousand years of matriarchy before that you know and so four thousand years since we've had any kind of semblance of this and who knows what was before that really right 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 but evolution is messy right (laughs) it's you know, this is, it's, you know, birth is messy, right? We're rebirthing into something. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way to think about it. You know, and, and so it's, it's not going to be, I don't want to say it's not going to be easy, but it's, it's going to have its bumps in the road. And I think that's what we're facing. And so I don't know of this attack on the masculine, but swinging back to that, I mean, I think, all that has happened up until this point has had to happen, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see wrong in any of it, right? Did, did you know, women have to push back? Did, you know, you know, um, you know, now I think it's time. I think there's been a long stint of women, especially in the healing arts world. They were the ones to step in to do this work and have the courageousness to do it. And it's like, I'm even today, I, I tell you how many groups I'm the only man in there. I'm like, come on, guys. If you're listening to this show, like, step in. 
Step well, and that's where I, I gained my respect <laughs> for you. That's why I why I hollered at you to think on this yeah. with me because I've witnessed you hold space for females and and it's uh, you know and and I'll say I think that there's what I'm and I don't mean to categorize except for just to make a point because um, I know that there's all kinds of gray and everything that we're talking about, but like the the concept of a mature masculine and a mature feminine versus an immature and an, and you talk about where we get in where when we come into puberty that we get stuck um in these we never leave these these conditioned yeah. points right and so that there is a there there is a place for the masculine that's not us trying to rid the world of masculinity that there is a mature um a, a mature living you know of protection and direction and and stability and clarity and certainty i don't i don't know anybody that's going to be like you know i'd rather i'd rather not clarity right no these are all well, masculine. Think of a world without masculine i mean a world right. without or a world without light you know it's like right we need to separate the patriarchy from the mask yeah right? yeah it's like sewn together because it's been, and that was the other thing i was saying it's like we everybody comes by this honestly like you know like i know so many women from my life that have perpetuated through my thought through my uncle through the actual masculine dominance. Uh, yep. They don't know how many women feel an incredible amount of shame to have money, right? Mm -hmm. This is so ingrained in us, right? The patriarchy, this, this, this is so ingrained in us that I don't think we even realize how yeah. deep it runs. And so that's where I'm like, we all just need to have some grace, like throw it all on the altar and say, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and no, I mean, you know, Good luck without having any of that masculine penetrating, you know, force, you know. And what do all the healers do? Want to balance your masculine and feminine? Balance. Yeah. Balance well, and is balance. balance. Yes. And, <laughs> and feed the feminine, you know, bring, there is a top, in, in the same human, um, just as much of the mature masculine and, and a place for all of that is a place for um, intuition and surrender and sensitivity and nurturing and openness and collaboration right on the flip side of that i think where you know like where my hackles go up and i like i can shut down in an instance is arrogance on the immature side um yep. you know yeah. a, 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 an abuse of power um any type of violence or, oh, or yeah. um right and and then too to keep the balance back to balance on on the immature side of the feminine anxiety low self worth well yeah what was me victim not know. speaking up yeah I just can't do you know so I there we each in us have the ability to mature these um, again this very very wide ranging, infinitely ranging um, scale of of humanness. Um, I'm I'm partnered with a, a man who um, has his own story of you know wounded feminine as a mother, and um, 
women before her and, and watching him raised by females, um, trying to own his masculinity and, and wanting to be a part of this conversation. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So is it um, it my gift too? Yeah. I mean, it's how I can sit in full of a room full of women and not feel, you know, completely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, our wounds become our medicine, right? Or yes. So absolutely. Well, the last thing I'll say is just, you know, we have to have so much grace. We have to have, like, even for ourselves, because you're talking about a mature masculine, mature feminine. There's not a lot of mirrors, right? There's not a lot of examples of that. So we're learning what that is. I often say to Steph, like, I don't know. We do so much work on our marriage, right? And and basically generations of that, right? Because we take all that with us. My father, my mm-hmm. Both of my parents divorced their marriages, how they related, you know, deep resentment and, you know, passive aggressive, you know, dysfunction, you know. And so we had these immature masculine and feminine raising us. They weren't mature. And so, of course, we can't grow past what they were until we decide to do that. And so having so much grace for us as we figure out what this looks like and the same thing like what does adult healthy relationship look right not Mm -hmm. codependent you know uh you know victim persecutor love you know um what does it look like you know mutual respect you know honoring of you know um again we're learning we're learning and so that's why like we need so much grace. And I love so it. Much grace. It's not about persecuting the one or the other because it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And nobody's at fault at this point. Nobody's at fault. And I'm no, not talking no. about the abuse of, like, abuse is abuse. And, and, you know, and abuse can be swung both ways. It doesn't always have to be the masculine side, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. And we're modeling it for our kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. You're Zeta, my Cody. Um, well, and what watching it just, us. they are from where we did, you know, like our, our uh, you know, we put our daughter in therapy, whether she needed it or not. So she knew her, her avenue of, you know, I can talk to somebody when I get in trouble. And, and she came back, she's like, you know, guys, she's just not a shame-based kid. And we're like, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you know, like, what does that mean? You know, to not be a shame-based kid. You know, wow. That's he has incredible. insecurities, of course, but you know, I mean, we're so, you know, I, I've programmed to feel shame at everything. I'm programmed to feel shame because I have any kind of feelings. Right. Yeah. You did a one. You did a wonderful. Uh, a, uh, you mentioned the book that we um, were in together. Um, your first book, Shaman Heart, Turning Pain into Passion. And then most recently, I joined in on Shaman Heart, Sacred Rebel, um, where you wrote chapter two called My Little Fuck You. Um, the pattern of my salvation, bringing my rebel into the light. Yeah. Um, and you you talk about um, your story and and uh, your own cycles and coming to terms with um, your authentic humanness um, and and the beauty and the mess of it and so much more. Um, 
the the books um, are available. I I was just reading your chapter this morning, getting ready to talk to you, and just um, just think that you know the entire experience of of finding our our sacred rebel and and letting that piece out was one I won't ever forget. Um, both the books are on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got future collaborations in the works. I know there's another Shaman Heart um, in the works. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Shaman Heart. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's going to be a series. You know, it's going to be a, a series, maybe seven books. We'll see. Incredible. Um, and you've got experiences, um, including that that author's an author's journey. Um, healing opportunities. You all went to Egypt this past fall for winter. Um, mm-hmm. All of this stuff is um, just a ton of of different ways to experience you and get to know you and and to have you um, in in the person's world. Um, Freedomfolkandsoul.org oh. is where anything and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, the books you can go to shamanheart.org too. Um, and there's books and some of the journeys are on that website also, but you can see our past, past authors. Um, that's where you can learn about this next author's journey, which is to Peru on August 22nd. It's two weeks and it's a whole, you know, Natalie, you're part of it, but it's a whole six month long process of really, whether you think you're a writer or not, I had so much trauma around writing read the first book, you know, read my first book. I mean, that's what I wrote about was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I committed to doing this <laughs> is like my opening paragraph. Right. And, and walking through that. Um, and so it was on so many levels, you have the transformational part of the journey, you have the transformational part of walking through the writing. And then we move into, you know, bringing that book to publish. I mean, it's so hugely transformative. So that's a whole six month pro, uh, process. And, you know, we, we will interview people if they're interested and to make sure it's a fit. Um, that being said, you know, we are, um, you know, a transformational community of the healing arts. And so, you know, we work really closely with people in finding their own purpose and their own passion and their own healing and and people come to us for a couple of different reasons. One, they're in crisis, like something, some big crossroads, and it's just their life is not working. Or they're like, I don't think this is as good as it gets. I know there's more. There's more freedom. And, you know, both, um, you know, is the process is, you know, basically the same. Um, and so, you know, our core foundational program, which is the core of all of our trainings and certifications. So we're also like a seminary school. You know, we have a ministerial training where we teach how to do weddings and funerals and rites of passage. And um, then we have the Toltec Medicine Wheel of Transformation. And we do that three different ways. We do it online, which is Kind of a taste of it, but it has turned into being its own really magical thing, especially because it's on Zoom. It's once a week for and um, for eight weeks, and I think the next one is March, beginning of March, March twelfth or something. So um, that's a real easy way to, no matter where you're at, to plug into kind of our. I hate to use this word, but our dogma, 
right? <laughs> you know, our our core program of transformation. And it's really about empowering you as you are the healer. You are your own salvation. You know, if somebody's telling you they're healing you, run, run. Right. <laughs> you know, like you are your own medicine man or your medicine woman. And then our full program we do in Teotihuacan, which Natalie's you've gone to a couple times. Um, that's over two one weeks in Teo, um, June and December. And then we're starting a, a the other way we do it is over four long weekends um, throughout the course of ten months or you know a year to ten months. Um, and this year is starting in Northern California, first weekend of May. And so, and we only take twelve people for each of those things because what is super important for me and staff is that each of those people have the support, the intimacy, the connection, because we're meeting in between also. And so it's a full, you know, program and experience. And then we do breath works and online breath works. And, and like you mentioned, Egypt, um, we have two trips to Oaxaca this year. We have a couple's trip um, over Day of the Dead. So it's for couples. Um, and then we're doing another trip the week before with Jorge Luis Delgado, a Peruvian shaman. Um, and so we got lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, it's amazing. It's amazing. The calendar yeah, that you have. Yeah. Freedomfolkandsoul.org. Um, you know, Facebook, you know, most of our um, kind of details of each of our events are on Facebook, but you go to the website, you connect to any of those will bring you to Facebook. I know people aren't so big on Facebook anymore, but we're not that we're, we're old timers. <laughs> You're joking about Instagram. I'm like, oh, I don't know how yeah. Instagram page. <laughs> well, um, I can wholeheartedly say that it, it, makes me um it's made my day and and been what i needed to um, share space with you and uh share some time with you and i'm i'm glad that i did and um you know really just thank you for thinking out loud with me today um and You're so welcome i adore you you know that. Yeah, and so the, so grateful honored and humble really honestly you know well, I I adore you and um and I've and I mean it you've you've impacted my life greatly um so um and I just want to thank listeners um for tuning in and thinking out loud with me and Jeremy Pager my guest today um please continue to tune in and keep an eye out for when and until then take care of you big hugs big love be kind bye friends <laughs>